0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Into Final Space, Episode 2. I'm your host, Gabe Jones. Thank you for everyone's support with getting this thing off the ground. If we get popular enough, hopefully I'll get some folks from the show on here and we can do some interviews. You've already expressed wanting to hear from Cote Galloway, Olin Rodgers, and Devo through Twitter. And maybe someday we can have all of them on the show with us. I want to give a shout out to BFJ Studio at BFJ Studio on Instagram and Twitter, who did the beautiful cover art for the podcast and Josh, at J-A-G underscore Vanguard on Twitter, for his work on my social media profile pictures. Also, thanks for the support from everyone on the Final Space Discord. Now, let's start at the very beginning with the premiere episode of the TBS original series, Final Space. Alright, so let's get into the very first episode of Final Space that premiered on February 26, 2018. I tuned in that night, and I was amazed at what I saw. I'm really excited to finally get into the nitty-gritty of the episode and do an in-depth review. I've watched the episode for fun a plethora of times, but I'm going to step through it scene by scene and give some commentary on the major points. Before we begin, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the episode, you can watch it on TBS or Verve. So, here we go. Jake Sidwell, oh my gosh, a huge shout out to this man. That very first chord that strikes as the show opens immediately pulls in the attention of the viewer. This, combined with the backgrounds that are actually sourced from real NASA space imagery, create a beautiful first scene for the premiere episode of Final Space. So, Rogers jumps to the end to open it up. He seems to love that sense of giving the audience some foreknowledge that the characters don't have, but still leaving just enough mystery to keep people locked in. Gary, voiced by Owen himself, has 10 minutes of life, so a good desperation to keep the audience locked in. And we can see very quickly that the show keeps up with Gary's comedy. Even in the face of death, that green-red alert system is hilarious. Gary's heads-up display is a definite yes for me. The title sequence. This can make or break a show for me. And now I get to talk about one of my favorite musicians, Shelby Mary. She came on the show with Jake to work on the music. She's one of my favorite independent artists, and I love her music her work on the title sequence for the show is just incredible. The building anticipation with the strings paired with the electric guitar makes for one of the best title sequences I have ever seen. Our first shot is two catmen, one of which we can assume is Avocado from the pilot. Kevin is kissing the fridge, moving along. A woman who we can assume is Quinn, with a green alien is attached to her leg, both of which appear in the trailers. Finally, Gary facing the little commander with the comedy of his cookie hitting the face. So then we start off our story with the Galaxy 1 in the Toro Nebula Sector 463G. The ship is beautifully designed. I have the poster they released that shows the blueprints of the ship. It's very well thought out and incredibly designed by the team. Gary is on his 1818th day of his journey. He's alone out in space, repairing satellites, and is generally very depressed looking. Gary is an interesting character in the fact that he is dependent, and we see this dependence develop more and more throughout the series. The show is funny, but there's a deeper story of the forced separation of Gary. He didn't seem to have anyone before, and out in space he has absolutely no one. The scene with him just wanting to play cards with Hank and flirting with the fridge is funny, but shows how alone Gary is. Once again, props to Olin for Hugh's character. I love that Tom Kenny was chosen to voice this part. He does an incredible job. Then we get more Kevin, and Fred Armisen as Kevin was also very, very good. uh, Great choice of casting. I still hate Kevin. Easily hateable character, and I will continue to hate him throughout the series. Um, Then the interesting thing is, Gary's not the captain. He's a prisoner. This was weird for me after what I thought I knew from the characters of the pilot. He was subdued at the end, but the other scenes showed a strong, competent captain. Captain's Log 80085 From what we know of Olin's inspirations, this log was a staple of older sci-fi, especially the Star Trek series. This finding its way into the show made me smile. Now, 80,085 messages, if that's the number he sent to Quinn, my gosh, Gary is obsessed with Quinn, and we see this as who he will continue to rely on as his main focus to keep on going. Now we get a flashback to Gary five years before. Gary is on the run. I really like his street clothes, and it's a really cool difference between his prisoner outfit aboard the Galaxy One and his old life. I'd really love to know Gary's life between his childhood and his arrest. Uh, what was his life like growing up? Anyway, Gary runs into a bar called Where the Earth is Soft as he runs from a character named Derek, a reference to his days in Balloon Shop on YouTube. We get some hilarious lines from Tribor before Gary comes across Quinn for the first time. Quinn is voiced by Tika Sumter, who does an incredible job with this character. One thing I've tried to understand is the ranks in the Infinity Guard. Those in brown outfits seem to be pilots, those like Quinn wearing blue are captains, and those in white are the highest ranks from what I can tell. Gary's exchange with the Infinity Guard pilot is hilarious. Once we're in the bathroom, we get two small easter eggs. Balloon Shop appears again in the form of an ad for Dark Juice on the mirror, referencing an episode that Allen did. And the stall, Diva Was Here is written on the wall. Devo is the art director on Photospace and does an incredible job on the show. The science in the show doesn't falter either. When we meet Quinn, she is attempting to solve an internal inconsistency in Planck's constant. For those of you that don't know what that is, and trust me, I have to do my research too, Planck's constant is what relates a photon of electromagnetic radiation to the frequency of that radiation. In recent years, astrophysics has used this constant in research on the consistent expansion of the known universe, that is, proving or disproving it. Quinn's internal inconsistency means that she's found two numbers that don't match up on the same test. Short spoiler that we'll find out in an episode very soon, so skip ahead if you haven't watched up on it. Um, For me, it seems like she already has suspicions about the breach in space. Some previous tests before the breach isn't matching up with the new numbers of Planck's constant. So, back into the episode some. I'd also love to know exactly what the emergency was that you know, went off in the bar and that all the Infinity Guard had to return to. Also, do Gary and Quinn live in Europe? According to the landmass that's shown in the explosion, it's very much shaped like Europe, with an explosion centralized somewhere in Germany or France. Once again, Love, love, love the music in the show. So my next question is, who are the satellites broadcasting to? It's safe to assume that the human population has expanded beyond Earth, and wherever this is watching a human movie, which leads me to another question, how big is the area controlled by the Infinity Guard, assuming they are in charge of humanity? Then we get a Princess Bright reference, which is pure gold. Uh, I'm love the movie myself, and uh, Eduardo, I'm not even going to try to finish um, Olin's name for for him, and the the spoof in the episode is hilarious and great to have in there. I know this is a bit nitpicky, but that's what Into Final Space is about. Um, Eduardo pushes the guy back with his sword twice as we flash between the screen, and Gary with Mooncake has the quote-unquote pixel on the loose. I know, I know, it's it's small, but it would be nicer if they would at least made it seem like the movie scene continued. Anyway, welcome Mooncake to the party. This little green ball friend will be here for the rest of the time, and he is a great addition to the team. So then we get an alien reference uh, calling with Gary calling Mooncake a facehugger. Love it. Another great movie. Then we get our first flashback to Gary as a child, with whom we can assume to be his father. Which, once again, leads me to the question, what happened between childhood and Arrest? Now we meet Lord Commander. Yes, I have loved David Tennant since Doctor Who, and hearing him as Lord Commander was a dream come true. Especially since the character was such a departure from what we got in the pilot two years before. And Lord Commander has some freakish powers, guys. He's such a cool villain. So, he shares some dialogue with the prisoner, and when Lord Commander asks what the prisoner found E3, E35-1, as he's called, uh, before we get the name Mooncake, the prisoner responds that it found him. This suggests that Mooncake has been around for a bit now. How long is still unknown, but we know that our little green friend has seen some miles when it comes to the people he's found. Then we get a short flashback uh, to some funny interactions between Gary and Mooncake as he's trying to hide Mooncake from Hugh. And this kind of starts the whole arc of this hilarious pair that work perfectly together. Also, the fact that Olin voices Mooncake as well as Gary just makes this incredible. um, He's an incredible voice actor on top of everything he's done with the show. So, yeah, uh, back to the Lord Commander. Did he just really kill a guy and feed him to his minion? What the heck? This is totally different from the funny guy that we got from the pilot, and seeing him just straight up murder a guy with seemingly the force from Star Wars is just totally different. So Ventrixian bounty Hunters appear to seize E35-1. Kevin, you did something right. Another golden line from this show that will continue to spout golden lines for the rest of the season because that's just what Olin does. The Sames are great characters as well. Uh, They're a very similar addition to the show, like Hugh, where they could just be there, but they're not. They have have different personalities and different actions and different voices, and uh, they're really funny to watch. So Hugh asked Gary a very particular question about Mooncake, which I found very interesting after watching the show a few times. He asked if Mooncake is life. This confused me a bit at first because I saw Mooncake as an organic being. But Hugh's comment made me start to think. Knowing what we know from the end of the series answers that question. But we'll get there when we get there. Light folding is the coolest light speed traveling effect I have ever ever seen. It was totally incredible to watch all those lights and the movement and the shield and everything engaging in the the jump and the travel. It's it's one of the prettiest effects I have seen for light speed travel. Also, another nitpick, could he not have lightfold them anywhere else? I mean, smack dab into the middle of an asteroid field. Mm. I feel like that's something that he might have known as, I don't know, exposition moves along, but still. This next scene is beautiful. I do love the growth of Gary in this scene in just the first episode. One thing that has confused me about this scene every time I've watched it is that Hugh tells Gary that the asteroids will swing back and hit the Galaxy One and then hit Gary. But next thing we know, the asteroids are heading for Gary first. This inconsistency just has always made me confused. I've watched that scene maybe somewhere between 20 and 40 times just trying to figure out if I missed something, but I think that's how it's going. Anyway, I now own a shirt that says Failing Upwards, and it's one of the most funny and most inspirational shirts I own. And it's uh, it's another great line from the show. Uh, it really kind of connects to to Olin's, I think, philosophy in life of you can always fail, but you can always fail better and you can always get better uh, as long as you keep growing. So the man, I believe, is Gary's dad. Um, when his ship explodes, my heart is suddenly wrecked. Um, I don't know who this man is, but he makes Gary very sad, so I am very sad. And then Mooncake shoots a freaking murder beam out of his face to save Gary. What the heck? Mooncake is this powerful? I was shocked. I mean, we saw some lasers shoot out of Mooncake and the pilot, but nothing on this scale. I mean, other than the the whole cannon thing. Um, but even then, it wasn't this big and this cool. Uh, the fact that Kochi Galloway, who voices Avocado, makes his own cat noises... Is so awesome, Um, and I really love Avocado's introduction to the show. The fact that Gary remains completely oblivious to Mooncake's powers is hilarious as well. Um, Gary and Avocado have this great conversation about Mooncake, and it's just really, really funny. Let me get to my next analysis. What exactly is a Ventrexian? When the ships show up, you'll remember Hugh introduces them as Ventrexian Bounty Hunters. Then, Gary calls Avocado a cat, with Avocado quickly firing back that he is indeed a Ventrexian. This would seem to be a descriptor of his species to contradict Gary calling him a cat. But you'll also remember that the Bounty Hunters were not all the same species as Avocado. All four were different. So is Avocado of Ventrexian in terms of species, or in the respect of someone from the planet of Ventrexia? It's an interesting thing to observe. Then Gary and Mooncake share this super cute and super sweet moment, and is rewarded a cookie for his bravery in wanting to protect Mooncake. It's a really great moment to see our characters are growing in themselves and their relationships already. Also, the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is another great movie reference when Gary says the Pentate Man shall pass. Um, some funny Kevin moments, and we get the Mooncake Protection Squad. Uh, our heroes are being followed by one of the bounty hunters, and we end with the ominous foreshadowing for the next episode. What an episode to premiere with. It was just incredible. A great introduction to some of our characters. Questions about Gary and Mooncake past leave us hooked, this super evil lore Commander lurking, is Avocado just a bounty hunter or a soft side to our favorite Catman? I can't wait to talk about the next episode. But first, let's hear what you guys have to say about this episode. I'll be right back after this break. Mm-hmm. Alright guys, welcome back to Into Final Space, I'm your host Gabe Jones, and we're here for the Phantrexians Respond portion of this episode. So in each episode, I'll be reading some of your thoughts, theories, and favorite moments from each episode of Final Space. So this week on the Final Space subreddit, I asked for some of your thoughts on the premiere of Final Space. So my first question was, what was your favorite part of the first episode of Final Space? Dangerous underscore Wishbone from the subreddit replied that they love the scenes that establish Gary's isolation and loneliness, just letting the visuals and the music do it without any dialogue. I completely agree. Devo and the art team did a great job, an exceptional job, at setting the scene of this isolation. And Shelby and Jake composed a beautiful soundtrack, and the pieces used in this episode were very, very nice. My second question was what were some of the things that surprised you about this episode? Mr. Underscore Spooky Underscore said that they were very surprised about how cinematic the animation was on the show for a cartoon, and I absolutely agree. I believe that Owen has said that how he wanted it to be a cinematic experience to the viewer as well. I think Jamfield, who does all the animation, does an incredible job at meeting that expectation. Finally, I asked if there Anything that folks liked or disliked from the show as compared to the YouTube pilot. Uh, Juan Manuel P. said that he liked the designs of Avocado and Kevin better in the show. And how he liked Mooncake's, how Mooncake's design had changed. I completely agree with Kevin and personally abstain from Avocado's design. I really, really loved his pilot design. And I think they'll like it better in the show, but... Um, I don't know. Both designs are pretty great. And I also love how Little Mooncake's design has changed as well. So thanks to everyone who got back to me via Reddit. If you want to have your comments read, make sure you're checking the Final Space subreddit. Or hit me up on Twitter, at into Final Space. Well folks, that's all for episode 2. We've done a deep dive into the very first episode of Final Space. And next week, we get to look at episode 2. And continue with this awesome action. Once again, huge thanks to all of you who have helped me get this podcast off the ground. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Into Final Space. Keep up with me on Reddit and join the official Final Space Discord. You can find me active on there, posting updates at Mooncake in a Hoodie. Thanks, guys, and I'll see you next time on Into Final Space.